0: Road media. (laughs) Accelerating
1: your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk.
0: Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news reviews and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Beau. And I'm Belle. Belle, man, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. I uh, just got back from the, the, the dog park slash bar thing that I go to with my dog.
0: So it's, it's an outside bar in a dog park. That's 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 the uh, the general uh, makeup here? It's more of a dog park, like a fenced-in dog park with a bar slash restaurant attached to it. Interesting. I, I bet that smell is just amazing. I, I bet there is a, uh, a very pleasant aroma that uh, floats around that particular bar. Well, it's weird because, you know, you smell the delicious food coming out
1: of it, and then like depending like you turn your head slightly and you catch a whiff of of
0: you know not delicious food yes <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Well, hey, this is Flash TV Talk, not Dog Park TV Talk. Man, we got a great show planned for tonight. And uh, here at the top of it, we got to give some special shout out and thanks to our new patrons who are helping make this podcast happen. Shout out to Brain Trust member Laird. Oh, man, I love Laird so much. He was, of course, a, uh, a host, I think a few times when the uh, in the first season when Legends was trying to figure out what it wanted to be. Uh, <laughs> We also have uh, Jim and Steven, who are superheroes. We also also have heroes, Angela and Kevin, who have... Uh, come on to help out with the show, uh, which is great, man, because these guys, they rallied together. They made sure by the way, that not just were they helping to make this podcast happen. They were working man to build up to the next reward for the flash TV talk, Patreon account, which can be found at patreoncom slash TV talk. The reward of course, that was just unlocked through the wonderful contributions of our patrons. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ring That Grad is coming back. Ring That Grad's coming. All right. So when when are you doing this? Because that's the thing. I saw I saw the reward ding. And then I was like, all right, well, let's see it. Let's see those pictures. Man, you uh you got you come up and let's let's do this. When is it happening? Uh, it's it might be late on Saturday. Awesome. That's the best time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Was it late on Saturday where you and I and the Power Rangers and Chad Rook all like went what bar hopping? Yes. Okay. That was awesome. And that was on Sixth Street. Do that street. That's the one. Okay, this Saturday, glued to Twitter, and uh, if you're looking tuning in Sunday morning, then just check out the hashtag, Ring That grod that's coming your way. By the way, uh, those were kind of our low-level, just kind of fun kicking off the Patreon account uh, and, and poking some fun at ourselves as well. But seriously, help make this podcast happen. Go to patreon.com slash tvtalk, and the next rewards are all based off of additional content for you, including, the next reward, if I'm not mistaken, is a special episode dedicated to reviewing the second season of Arrow. Yes, that's right. Aero TV Talk. We actually did a full series of, uh, of of looking back retrospectively at Arrow Season 1. We actually want to make sure that we can continue that along for you. So if that's something that you want to hear from us, you can help make that happen at patreon.com slash tv talk. You get some rewards for doing it at various levels, but one thing that you're guaranteed to get is the archive, including that full first season of Aero TV Talk Season 1, uh, as well as some our, our Season 0 retrospectives on Young Justice. It's all in that like super feed so you get that as soon as you become a patron patreon.com slash tv talk man that's enough panhandling let's go ahead and jump into the rundown the, the rundown, rundown. <laughs> episode 12 of season 3 untouchable directed by rob hardy and story by brooke roberts and judelina neria bell what happened this episode Well, Barry and
1: Wally continue their training in order to save Iris from Savitar. They race against each other, and Barry wins easily by phasing through a building. Julian finds a decayed corpse that was murdered just eight hours ago. He informs Joe that this is surely a meta's work. As the body is taken to Star Labs for investigation, Caitlin and Julian observe as the body turns to Ash. Iris confesses that she is afraid of her future to Barry. A meta who is able to turn people into Ash attacks Joe and is revealed to be targeting the cops who arrested him in Flashpoint. Barry teaches Wally to phase, which he uses to expose the meta to his blood and strip him of his powers. Joe insists that everyone be honest with him from now on after learning of Iris's future death. While practicing his phase ability, Wally is shocked to see Jesse coming through a portal. Jesse explains that she needs their help to save her father, who has been abducted by Grodd and taken to Gorilla City.
0: Yeah, man. Okay, so I, I you know, th- there's a lot to unpack in this episode. There's a, some of my favorite moments, honestly, of the entire series, happened in this episode. But I think we need to start things off with somebody who did not get a lot of love last episode, and that's Papa Joe. Uh, this was very much a great episode to kind of explore what's going on with him. You know, he's kind of been having this off-screen relationship going on you know i mean like we've seen little bits and pieces of it but like i feel like while the team has been gathering together and fighting supervillains, he's been off romancing his lady friend
1: yeah yeah it's and
0: you know it's it's it it sucks for joe because like none of that stuff gets you know screen time (laughs) well i mean at the end of the day if you'd rather would you rather watch joe bumbling around trying to bust a move or would you actually you know rather see the flash you know fighting uh, Look, the, the fumbling around, you know, failing to bust moves relates to me. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> well, to be fair, I feel like Cisco's got that covered. You know what I'm saying? He he can do that. that, that is, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Cisco and I are are uh, kindred spirits when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, fair enough. Um, You know, they—he's got the situation where um, you know it's—he's taking the relationship to the next level, and he's meeting his girlfriend's daughter, and you know he wants to kind of present his family. And I feel like this is the first time, by the way, in, in the you know while while he's kind of trying to piece it together, and he's getting feedback from Barry and Iris, you know, once it actually comes together, and they're all sitting around the table at Jitters, I feel like this is the first time that we've really gotten. You know, we've gotten a lot of West family dinners and we've got a lot of like meetings around the West table, not necessarily meetings, but just kind of hanging out, talking and processing around the West, you know, dinner table. But something about this felt like almost like a, almost like a Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? Like there was a very family element that I don't think that I've really felt uh, at all, actually, in the entire history of the series. Like I felt this time with Wally, Barry, Iris and Joe all sitting around trying to impress, you know, his girlfriend and her daughter.
1: Well, you know, they, they've had family dinners, right? You know, uh, Iris's mom came back and they kind of had a family dinner and they've done the, the, the Christmas thing. But you're right, though. There's never been like a goal, I guess, impress, you know, Joe's girlfriend, right? Yeah, it, it, well, it,
0: it's not even that. Like, you know, you mentioned his his wife, uh, you know, his, his ex-wife, I suppose, coming back and and, you know, sitting around the table with her. And that's an intense situation. I guess that's really what it comes down to. I feel like historically when the West family has all kind of been around the table, um, you know, for the most part, unless it's Christmas, they're all either kind of sad or anxious about something there's no levity, right? Like
1: th- th- this was the first instance where they've gathered around a table and it hasn't been because someone is either dying about to
0: die or <laughs> well, technically that was that, that is technically the situation, but yes, yes, that wasn't like the reason or wasn't like front of mind. Like, and so there was just something about the fact they were all together and it really made me appreciate the fact that the changes that the series has made, the creative kind of licenses that have taken with the characters, especially with the character Wally, you know, in the comics, Wally West is Barry's nephew. He's actually Iris's, uh, her, if I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's technically her nephew. And so Barry's nephew by, uh, by marriage. They've obviously made a lot of creative licenses and, and taken some creative licenses with the way that they've changed the family dynamic, making Barry Iris's brother. And in, in fact, with the way they've told the story, Barry's brother to some extent. And so to have that, kind of pulled into a more you know central nuclear uh, family type relationship. It really strengths strengthens the flash kid flash relationship. I feel I, I felt this episode more like the flash family that we know, or at least that we've gotten thus far, is really and truly a family. Um, you know, we hear that a lot in comics. And, and and for those of you who don't necessarily read the comics or, or if that's not necessarily uh, your background, you, you hear, like, for example, there's the Flash family. There's also the Bat family. There's the Super family. And this basically just relates to the fact that all of these you know, title characters have these supporting characters that are also surrounding them. So these heroes either have these sidekicks or these partners or whomever they may be that are part of kind of the family tree that make up, you know, whatever that, that, you know, crime fighting organization is. Uh, In in Flash, the Flash family has always been a little bit more of an actual family because of the nephew relationship. And once we see somebody like Bart Allen, who is literally the uh, part of the lineage of the Allen family, he's... uh, Depending on on the interpretation of the character, he's either his grandson, his great grandson, or, or further. But regardless, like there's always been a actual like biological family connection. Here, it's it just feels stronger, man. Like Jay Garrick, I know he wasn't in this episode, but Jay Garrick is like literally his father. <laughs> yeah, his father's from right? another universe. And Kid Flash, Wally, is instead of just this nephew. Which you know the nephew uncle relationship that's that's different than a brother brother relationship. Yeah, like a surrogate brother, right? You know,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. And so like here, like they are brothers, and so you know the the fact, and who knows what Bart's going to be when it's all said and done. He may end up being you know. I got it. Uh, Bart is going to be a uh, one of those like parasitic twins that's like inside Barry. <laughs> no, no, no. Not- no, now that, uh, that's, that's Malcolm Thawne right there. But oh, that, that, okay. Yeah. That's uh that might be, uh, pull it a little bit too deep into the nerd, nerd knowledge. But I, but I will say this, man, it's very likely that, that they could go a route where Bart is actually Iris and Barry's son as, ah, opposed, to, uh, as opposed to grandson. No, I doubt that's the case, but, but you know, Point being, they've taken creative licenses to make the Flash family feel even stronger, even more connected as a family. And this episode especially made me really appreciate it. Um, You know, seeing them around the table, seeing Joe showing off his kids, you know, even even the intensity of Iris letting him in on on the loop of what's going on with her. And the fact that he, you know, he points out Barry and he's like, he's like, I'm not mad at, you know, Cisco and Caitlin, because who are they? You know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't grow up in my house you grew up in my house you know me you're part of this family but, i mean he's mad at iris too but but you want to know what what made me kind of disappointed about that about
1: that scene mm, where he what? gets angry is that i wanted i wanted barry to, to to get mad at him and yell at him and be like yes i know how much she means to you which is why we didn't tell you because that because like that that's the reason why right it's because they knew he'd go off the edge they knew he'd you know, and I I think that's important for them to tell him that it's like, we know how much she means to you, which is why we didn't tell you so that you don't go and do something stupid.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing. And I mean, we, we kind of disagree on this, right? I mean, you supported the idea of, of not telling Joe. Uh, I, I was, I thought that I didn't think that really made sense. And part of that too, is that I want to say, and I can't remember if it's arrow season three or four, but one of the characters, uh, uh, one, one character who is the daughter of another character dies and they decide not to tell the father of the character that died. I don't want to spoil it. I suppose since you haven't seen it yet, but point being they stretched that out for an entire season way too long. And it was the worst, worst story in the entire series. Uh, well, Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that they finally brought the cat out of
1: the bag this episode,
0: but that's what I'm saying. Like not, not only is it good to have it out there. I just, I think it makes sense to, to get him in, like involved from, probably day one. I mean, there's no real reason why he shouldn't be in it. I get that they were trying to spare him while they were trying to fix it, but they're a team. They always have been a team. And I know Joe's been a French member of the team, but he's, he's part of that. And I think, I think that was kind of a, a big theme throughout this episode is really about kind of being a team player and, and understanding that you can't do it all on your own rather than it not being Barry doing it all on your own. It's like everybody individually, we all have to do this together and that's what makes us strong.
1: Yeah. But yeah. And, you know, I, I get that aspect of it. Like it, it almost seems like they drug it out too far and that they should have told him. But that's one of those things where, where maybe they emphasize how much of a, of a negative reaction Joe has when Iris gets in trouble and things like that. And so that could kind of help reinforce their de- their decision. But I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's finally over because it's one of those things where uh, it's, you know, it's lying by omission, right? Sure. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 one of those things where they're not technically lying to him.
0: They're just not telling him the truth. One of the things I loved about that, um, you know, that I, I keep on wanting calling a dinner scene, even though it was just a coffee scene. Uh, because it really did feel like a family dinner table. But but, you know, what I loved about that is that, you know, Kid Flash, he he's got a fangirl, man. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I, and, you know, just I just straight to his head, man. I, I loved that. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen Wally throughout this episode is, you know, he's being trained, you know, uh, even just that opening sequence of him racing Barry and, and having, just being like just super kind, which was awesome. Well, and the great thing is, is that, you know, we see, even in that race, everybody's betting on Barry, except for, uh, except for HR. He's like, you know, he's all about supporting Wally and that positive reinfor- and reinforcement and everything else. And, um, I mean, Wally would have won. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Wally would have won had Barry not faced. No, Barry hit the wall first before Wally got there. Yeah, I guess that's true. But weren't they going kind of back and forth throughout the race?
1: They they were. They were kind of bouncing back and forth, and like they were they're pretty much evenly matched. The, the the thing that's impressive about it is that Wally was that fast being so much of a novice. Uh, mm. that's what's impressive about it. Is like, you know, it it's taken Barry three seasons to get that fast, and it's taken Wally like three episodes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, this, but this, this was a great journey for, for Wally. I mean, we have, you say that, but we have actually seen Wally constantly training. Sure, sure, sure. Whenever we, whenever we see him, we're always pulling him off of the, you know, off the track, you know, up, up top. And so like, he is constantly, constantly running and he loves it. Loves being Kid Flash. And we see kind of him getting his, uh, adoration throughout the city. We saw that a little bit last episode, but him getting his own fangirl, him getting his own fangirl this episode, man, like. That that was nice. I, I liked I liked to see that. I also enjoyed the position that that put Joe in with <laughs> trying to choose, like, you know, who's the real hero here?
1: It's like he's choosing, like, which son is his favorite. That God was so great. It was so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got two kids, right? It's like, well, which is your favorite kid? It's like, well, I love both my kids. Come on. One of your kids you like more than the other.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Awkward place to be in. Um, yeah, but uh, it actually even in that even in that uh, that scene when, um you know, when uh, Yorkin, which, by the way, not a reference to me for those of for those of you who thought that was a reference to me. No, that is an actual uh, comic book character uh, when he actually busts into jitters and starts, you know, uh, uh, calling Joe out, you know. Wally jumps in, he he gets his costume, he's like ready to go toe-to-toe. But Barry's up in the corner, he's like, you know, do this, do this. Come on, son. No, 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 kick the ball, kick the ball. No, 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 pass it, pass it. You know, like like he's uh Yeah, it's like sideline, you know, uh uh like backseat flash backseat superhero. That's exactly it. he's a backseat backseat coach and the superhero, backseat hero. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, but he did a great job. He did a great job. Uh, yeah. I really like that that dynamic. I feel like the the relationship between Barry and uh, Wally You know, at first always seemed forced because literally it was forced. It was, oh, here's a brother you didn't know you had. But I'm starting to like, I really am starting to really like this buildup between the two because there is a brotherly thing that's going on. At the same time, Barry is also dealing with the fact that he has to train Wally. I mean, he's not just his brother. He is his trainer. There's a lot of references to those that came before that helped Barry be what he is, including, you know, uh, Harrison Wells of earth Two, um, you know, Eobard Thawne, Jay Garrick. I mean, he even mentioned specifically that most of these people were all like supervillains, villains. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even the two thirds of them, <laughs> and even the villains were better at training Barry then he is at training Wally in his own mind. Yeah, of course there is kind of a a, a concept of spiritual almost versus practical. When when he's trying to teach him out of phase, and he's like, you know, oh, you gotta you know release your shells and vibrate at the speed of air. You have to feel it. You have to just know what's going on in your body. There's almost like this yoga esque kind of spiritual, uh, Buddhist nature to what's going on with the way that very zen exactly. And at the same time, Wally's pushing back like, yeah, okay. But, like, how do I do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, yeah,
1: Barry is more of like a, you know, there, there's this emotional connection to it, whereas Wally is more of like, he, he's an engineer, right? You know, there, there's specific ways for you to solve problems, and you do them in, in like, a logical manner, and, you know, you, you, you write code to, to, you know, program the turbocharger on the engine to, you know, make it more efficient. And Barry is just like, no, you just got to feel it, and Wally's like, I need you to tell me specifically... <laughs> to feel it okay
0: (laughs) well it almost kind of reminds me of the young justice take on wally too um there's an entire episode a couple of episodes in there where they uh explore the idea that that wally is very much kind of like uh you know very much very technical like i i see what i see i know what i know tell me how to do this and i will do this and doesn't have kind of this spiritual emotional thing now he he kind of evolves in that series to get there Kind of almost wondered if perhaps they were like, you know, borrowing a little bit from that characterization.
1: Well, probably. And I think it's another thing, too, is that, you know, Barry, because Barry's also very scientifically minded, but uh, Barry is fused with the speed force. And so he is he is intimately aware of it, intimately uh, more knowledgeable about it. Whereas Wally hadn't had that experience yet. Yeah. Right. So so Wally's still this this, uh, you know, this scientist going into this unexplainable thing and trying to figure out, you know, logical pathways to achieve these impossible feats right whereas you know barry has like he, he's been in the speed force he knows that like he he has this fundamental understanding that Wally doesn't have right, yet. And it's kind right.
0: of, yeah 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 been it, to the speed force thing i thought about that a couple of times during the training because that really was like this come to jesus moment for barry like he yeah he, he like transcended essentially and like you know like now exists or, or at least has a better understanding than i th- i would argue even eobard had back in season one
1: yeah yeah absolutely i, I would agree with you 100 on that uh it, and it, it's it's kind of like barry is trying to explain skydiving to someone like barry's an avid skydiver and he's trying to explain skydiving to someone who's never been in a plane before mm-hmm. they know what planes are they know what skydiving is but they don't have the experience of the of the acceleration of the takeoff you know, the the bumpiness of, you know, the turbulence, the free fall with the wind blowing in your face, like they don't have like, like, you know, it's, it's simple for, for you and I who've, you know, never, you know, uh, done skydiving before to kind of like, oh yeah, you're just, you're falling through the air. Cause like we've fallen and jumped off a diving board or something, but it's completely different experience. And so like, we know what it is, but we don't, know what it is because we haven't experienced it. I think that's, that's the biggest difference here between the two is that Barry has this just deep fundamental understanding that Wally just hasn't had yet. And so it's, it's harder for It's harder for Barry to teach somebody who doesn't have that experience because when you do, how do you explain it to somebody who hasn't, you know, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's an interesting conundrum that he's in. Yeah. Of course, all this training is ultimately to, to eventually save Iris, uh, who is, Still, you know, she, she still, again, does not have a death wish. I mean, that's not what she's after, but she is very much kind of resolved to her fate. Uh, it still kind of weighs on her emotionally, but even when she's attached this episode, she says very specifically, yeah, this is not how I die. <laughs> <And> so <she's laughs> Ready to throw down and ready to go. And I, I really do, man. There is something about this kind of almost like Irish un, or Iris unleashed where, you know, she does almost feel Invincible, you know, like it's it's a weird conundrum. Uh, you know, it's it's almost this dichotomy, right? Like, on the one hand, she's dealing with the fact that oh, I am probably going to die in in a, in a mere matter of months, but at the other hand, it's like oh, I'm not going to die, you know, at all for the next couple of months. So I love how they're playing up that dichotomy. It's weird to me, right? Because it's one of those things where, yes,
1: okay, she dies by the hands of Savitar, so she knows that's how she dies. But they've also conclusively proven that they can change the future. So what is preventing her from standing out in front of a Mack truck, dying right then and there, and completely altering
0: the future, right? Flash would run in and save her you think that's you think that's what would happen yes if she stood in front of a mac truck i know he's faster than a mac truck now he may not be faster than savitar but he i know he's faster than a Mack
1: truck. <laughs> but like you know he's completely you know but but one of the things okay so she knows she's going to be you know uh, okay break one of your legs really horribly the day that you're supposed to die, you'd be in the hospital. What is and, Avatar and going to go to the hospital? Avatar
0: would go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. History. So, right. so history changed at let, that point. Let's teach. Let me teach you something I learned from Legends, my friend, host of Legends TV Talk. <laughs> uh, you know, apparently, time wants to happen. The future wants to happen, right? So there's kind of this deal where they they have to almost kind of push against fate. Now they can change it. They can tweak it. We've seen that, and so you know, not only that, Barry literally has the has the ability to completely change everything. Um, but at you know,
1: colli- but that's my point, right? Is that they should be more cautious because they know they can change the future. So Iris could accidentally die, or accidentally you know hurt herself in a way that would change the future in a way that they're not anticipating. Yeah. I
0: I know that, you know, that Barry knows that. Uh, and that's about it. Like, that's the thing he he has explained that to him. It's kind of like what you were saying before. Barry can explain this to people who are not speedsters, but from their standpoint, they're still going to latch onto the fact that, yeah, I'm probably going to die in a couple of months. They don't have that <laughs> same understanding of the fact that time is fluid. And on top of that too, You know, Barry's not exactly coasting here on the idea that, oh, yeah, we got this changed. It's no big like, no, he's he's very intense about all this. So as in as much as he is trying to comfort Iris, he has not been that much of a comfort to Iris.
1: Yeah, because he's he's like, why should I comfort her when I know I'm going to change the future? What he should be doing is consoling her and understanding where she's coming from and, uh, you know, also work feverishly on fixing the future because right now he's kind of like, babe, don't worry. It's not like you're going to die in six. Oh, wait, you might, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, he, he's kind of like ignoring that, that aspect of it because it's not his life. that's threatened. It's hers. But well, no, by, his, by her life being
0: threatened. It is his, uh, it's, well, not, it's, it's both his life and his future. You know, the, the paper in particular comes up and, uh, and that, you know, the, the first kind of big clue that this really was impacting the timeline is that that newspaper changed.
1: Yeah, I, I I know. I see what you're saying, but it's like one of those things where you know, you have you you gotta draw straws, and whoever has a short straw is the person who's gonna who's gonna die, right? To to save the party or to you know, make sure there's enough supplies or whatever. And when you pull that long straw, you're like, yeah, and then like, oh man, I feel so bad for everybody else because you know they might get it, but you really kind of you do and you don't. I'm I i, I I'm not saying that Barry is like not afraid to die or anything like that, but it's one of those things where I don't think, you know, he's not in the same mindset that she is because he's not facing this. Uh, uh...
0: I don't know, man. I mean, like he, he even had that moment specifically with Joe where they were talking about, you know, Joe's like, look, I, I get it. You know, I'm no longer the most important guy in her life. And Barry even says to him, like, you know, you're a close second. Like, The the fact of the matter is all of these characters, their lives are intertwined. Barry and Iris, their life is not just intertwined as a, you know, stereotypical, you know, CW couple either. I mean, there is this extreme history. They grew up in the same house. Like you know, there's a lot of weirdness there, but there's also (laughs) a lot of like you know, a lot of kind of uh, layers. What's what's the right? There's a strong foundation that is there for this relationship that most relationships don't have. So even if something was to happen to her, it's not just. He lost somebody who is he cared about a lot. It's not just he lost somebody who was this girl that he just started dating. It's not this. He lost somebody that he was hoping to marry. It's all of those things plus, you know, a friend, a, a friend throughout his entire life, a sister throughout his entire life, like you know, a family member. His father will be mourning her loss. Like it's 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 so much more complex uh, in in their relationship, which is again. I, you know, I love the creative licenses they've taken with with the character and, and tying them like that because it does open up the opportunities for far more complexities to a risk factor like this. And for the characters, I still don't think she's going to die. In fact, never before have I been more sure that Joe is definitely going to die. At the, end of the season, I really don't want it to happen, guys. <laughs> he is on. toast. He's just so happy right now. He's so happy, and even that little little chat that he had with Barry about the end of it, about the prophecy. You know, like the fact they're bringing that back up. The fact that Joe is the one bringing that back up. Oh man! Well, because now Joe has it in his mind that he's going to change it. He's going to be the one to sacrifice himself. Basically, he'd do it in a set. He'd do it in a heartbeat. He'd do it in a heartbeat. And that's the thing. I I guarantee it's not even going to be an accident type deal. He is going to like actively somehow be the one that jumps in and and takes that. I don't don't know know for sure but that's what's going to happen. Uh, He's going
1: to get velocity 9 and just like run in there and like Batista bomb Savitar or
0: something I don't oh, know as, as much as I'd love to see Speedster Joe. I think uh, yeah I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um you know, Caitlin actually gets uh pushed to the limit as Iris is uh facing off with this um, you know, this this dusting aging. do they ever have a name for um, for essentially what that power was? You know I I don't remember Harry didn't name this guy, did he? Well, Harry is on Earth too, except he was he was recently captured by Gorilla Grodd. We'll talk about that later. Sorry, not not, not Harry. Uh
1: uh HR cuz HR has been naming everybody this season.
0: Well, Clive Yorkin is the actual character's name and I don't believe in the comics he actually ever did have a a, a, a name. He was a, essentially a public a public villain. He wasn't like the Ashbringer or anything like that.
1: Yeah, like uh you know, he, he was like a Bonnie and Clyde. Like they didn't take it. A- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So this, um, so, so it wouldn't make sense. I don't believe for them to, uh, to actually give him a name. Now y'all correct us. I may be wrong on that one. This in all fairness, Clive is very much a, a lesser known villain. Um, So y'all let us know if I'm wrong on that one, but yeah, no, I, I don't think he did have a name, man, but regardless, this kind of necro dusting power that he had, uh, it was affecting Iris, and they determined that the best way to deal with it was to keep her arm cold, and fortunately, they had a uh, supreme source to do exactly that that thing.
1: Yeah, you know, I- I'm wondering, like, how cold they needed it, because, I mean, they're in a lab. I'm sure they have liquid nitrogen to cool things. Uh, would it be better to risk... Caitlin going Killer Frost, or just to go run to the supply closet and get a bottle of liquid nitrogen.
0: No, you're right. I mean, they they've been very cavalier about the fact they have a supervillain waiting to happen, and they all know this. Like it was before, it was we knew this because we all have future knowledge, but now they all know this. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no all, one does not know <laughs> that Caitlyn becomes Killer Frost. <laughs> but I will say this, man. I love that Alchemy gave her I mean, <laughs> Julian. Sorry, gave her that uh, that that pep talk, and he he kind of kept her through that and you know, we almost have two recovering villains. You know what I mean? Like both of them to some extent, uh, are are not necessarily have not been in control of their actions when they went the supervillain route. Now I would actually argue that Caitlin is far more in control of her actions than Julian was when he was controlled by alchemy. But regardless, they're both kind of in this kind of recovery mode and seeing them lean on one another, it's actually kind of nice. And, and I value Julian as a member of this team, not just for his scientific knowledge, but I think that we've needed somebody like that, that can understand what Caitlin's going through because legitimately nobody else can.
1: Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It, it kind of reminds me of the story in Breaking Bad where um, Pinkman, Jesse Pinkman oh yeah, yeah. Goes, goes to rehab and he meets that girl in rehab and they sort of like, you know, they, they, tar- they try to get clean together. Of course, everything, you know, no spoilers or anything, but like, it doesn't happen that way but that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting right now is that is that they're they're sort of since both of them know you know intimately what it's like to 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 be down that path they're really the only two that can help each other
0: yeah no i, I like it um, like i said i like julian this uh this episode seeing him even being willing you know like at the beginning of the episode like oh well, we have protocol for this kind of thing and he's like oh wait no we don't we don't have to do that okay then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were such like a stickler at the beginning of the series but i guess everybody's a stickler until they realize they can break the rules too and then, <laughs> true true <laughs> then we all go to star labs but um uh, yeah no I, I like um i like their relationship i also like that their relationship is not romantic i always feel like we, we get the situation where caitlin has to get stuck with the new guy and uh and so i, I actually like them developing an actual relationship that's not necessarily a romantic relationship
1: yeah, that's kind of a breath of fresh air because it, it always seems like who are they going to try to hook up Caitlin with this season? And this, this is more like, a, you know, hey, we're we're comrades in arms. We both have this struggle and we both have these things to overcome. And so we're going to, to do this together.
0: In the fight to determine uh, what Yorkin is up to, Cisco gets an idea that defies time and space and laws and physics and uh, basically everything that is. And they have developed this understanding, which is so awesome. Probably the most like a like huge reveal, I think, to some extent. Uh, which is that because there is an infinite amount of universes, there then must be a universe that is a mirror to what Flashpoint would or slash could or slash was. Yes? Yeah, that was pretty neat, right? So Flashpoint does exist in its own separate universe, albeit uh, not necessarily the, the, the Flashpoint that Barry had created, just one that is essentially that exact same universe, right? I mean, like I, I want to make sure I was following the logic that they laid out there.
1: It, yeah, it seems to me like Barry doesn't create this Flashpoint, but the events that happen here result in Flashpoint.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Uh, although,
1: although, honestly, though, in an infinite number of universes, they could just find an exact replica of their universe where Barry did create Flashpoint, and oh, everything is exactly right. the same.
0: Well, except for the fact that Barry didn't go back and change it.
1: No, no, no. no, no. Like, in an infinite number of universes, there could be an exact replica of this universe that they could vibe to. Right. Wait, what? So there's an infinite number of universes, right? I'm following that. Yep. So th- there's nothing that could prevent this Earth, Earth Prime, where Barry created Flashpoint from happening on another universe somewhere else. But how would that be helpful? I mean, they, they just need to go to Flashpoint.
0: Right, but that wouldn't it make more sense to go to a universe where it is essentially Flashpoint, Barry? Yeah, sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I'm just saying there, there, there's, there's a lot. Of, like with infinite universes, I'll there's put it a lot this way: Flashpoint, 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 the Flashpoint universe is a universe where Barry Allen never became the Flash. Yeah. So that's what they need. Like, they don't necessarily need a universe with Barry even doing X, Y, and Z. They just need that particular universe with the exact same you know variables that that created that that custom universe, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, I love, I love that concept, man, because that, that opens up the opportunity for a lot more. Uh, it also kind of begs the question, too, about the the alchemist stone, the, the sorcerer's stone or <laughs> the philosopher's stone. Uh, <laughs> so they've been talking about how that stone has been giving people powers from Flashpoint. Is that, is that the case? Like, is it connected to the timeline or was it actually connected to the, the Earth's, like to the universe's? See, I don't
1: know. I, I need to go back and rewatch some stuff to kind of see if, if maybe there's some more hints that are dropped about that, because I, I kind of get the picture that it's something to do with the timelines. Yeah, me too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I... I, I and Sa- I mean, Savitar theoretically can... Well... He, he's, he, he's linked to the multiverse, it seems, through some way,
0: but I think Jay, that... Yeah. Jay knows him. But does, yeah. Jay, does Jay know of him, or does Jay know of like his version of Savatar? Savitar. I think he knows of him. I think Savitar is somebody like an uh, that exists outside of time and space, which would maybe. make sense given you know the fact that literally he exists outside of time and space, and only speedsters can see him because speedsters are intrinsically linked to yeah. time and space. Oh man, who I just got chills. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from but from that angle, it doesn't have to be just timelines. It it could be multiple Earths. Savitar could essentially be linking. You know Earth one thousand three hundred eighty nine, with this Earth, assuming that one one thousand three hundred eighty nine is the Flashpoint universe. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe that's what the stone is meant to be, almost like a conduit between Earths, and it just so happens at that Flashpoint. That's a pretty big coincidence. I think it's timeline. I, I I think it's timeline. But here's the thing though: there there can only be one Savitar who
1: jumps between these places. Sure. Simply because if not, then all Cisco would have to do is vibe to a universe where Savitar was defeated and go ask Barry, Hey, how'd you defeat Savitar?
0: <laughs> All right. And- <laughs> so, but, but the other thing too, could be that because Barry created a flash, c- because Barry created a flashpoint timeline and then undid it, maybe the fact that this earth's timeline resembled almost like the exact same frequency of this other universe entirely, maybe that's what gives them the connective tissue. Essentially the fact that they were kind of in sync um bye 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 maybe that's why <laughs> maybe that's why the sorcerer's stone or the Cal <laughs> the philosopher's stone you want to call it the alchemist stone that's what uh, nice. it's the sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone alchemist stone it's all it's the all macguffin same. stone that's why the macguffin stone is able to do it my friend <laughs> yes the macguffin stone thank you <laughs> i don't know i i hope we get some uh some stronger uh explanations there but i do i do love that that we get a little bit more of a a look at the infinite earths, which is going to play into the future. Of course, the big jump at the end of this episode is that Jesse quick pops over from earth Two to tell Wally that her father has been kidnapped by none other than Gorilla Grodd. Yes, indeed. Grodd is coming back. We've known this for some time. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. We're really excited for the upcoming arc. Uh, I believe it's a two episode arc about uh, gorilla city and Grodd and everything else. One thing I don't think we did know, at least you and I didn't know, is that it would involve Jesse Quick and Harrison Wells of Earth 2, a.k.a. Harry. Yeah, so that's cool, because we get to see...
1: I, you know, that's the thing I love about about, about Tom Cavanaugh this H.G. Wells character, is so that he gets to play a different version of him every, every season. And so I was kind of sad, you know, in the end of season two, was, ah, we don't get to see Harry anymore. But now we get to see Harry again.
0: Yeah, all right, so here's the thing. You know, H.R., this episode really made me appreciate the fact that HR being, I don't want to call him an idiot, but not necessarily being the the scientific mind that his predecessors were that facilitated at least that relationship with Barry. Um, it's forced Barry to be that mentor. He does not have a... Harrison slash Eobard He does not have a Harrison Wells of earth two. He does not have a Jay Garrick slash Hunter Zolomon. He does not have a Jay Garrick. That's just chilling out around of earth three. Like all of his mentors are either dead or not on this earth. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> uh, so it really forces him to be that mentorship role while still having, you know, a Harrison Wells character while still having Tom Kavanaugh as, as part as a member of the cast. So HR has been, this positive reinforcement we've seen that we saw that this episode he talked specifically with dealing with wally we've seen that he has been somebody throughout the series or at least throughout the season uh has really kind of pushed wally and trained him and been willing to do whatever it takes like yeah man let's get out there let's do this he's so proud of him he is that positive reinforcement but he's not the scientific genius and in fact if you think about the harrison wells of earth 2 harry uh that was somebody who was a genius and not at all a positive reinforcement <laughs> a long no time for him not to be a complete jerk. In many respects, these two characters are polar opposites of one another. Uh and, which also made me think back, and I remember this very specifically when Barry went back to the future. Yes, I just said that. When he went back to the future and he saw, you know, Iris getting killed again and like copied down all of the uh all of the the headlines. Rather when he vibed, I guess. He went vibe to the future, copied down all the headlines. Looked Noticed something he hadn't lo- he hadn't noticed before. And what was that bell? Well, it, it looks like it was HR on the roof. It does, doesn't it? But that's gonna bring us to
1: Speedster Speculation.
0: Here's the thing. I remember seeing that scene. I remember seeing this idea of HR on a roof with a gun. And I thought, you know what? That seems really out of character for HR to be rolling around with a big gun. Yes and no. It seems very out of character. From everything that we've known of this HR, why is it not out of character for HR to be carrying a big giant gun?
1: It is out of HR to be that person, but it's not outside of how HR presents himself, right? So they're, they're, uh, when he's writing his stories, when he, uh, last episode when he was beaming them back, you know, it's always about him. He's got the big gun, and he's saving the day and stuff like that. He in his mind presents himself as this hero. You know he'd use the big gun and stuff like that. So this, I, you know, it, it, it's interesting though. You know, it, but you're right. It, it, it's not something we've seen him do in the real world, but he does think of himself as that kind of person, that kind of character. Uh huh.
0: So yeah, it's it's. So, I don't know. So theoretically, this could be a you know a writer, uh, someone who has aspired to be. The HR, you know, standing heroically on the roof, carrying the big gun. Uh, Finally, you know, stepping back behind the scenes and stepping up and becoming the hero that he always writes himself to be. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good, good analysis. I can see that. I can see that happening. I also can see another thing, which is we do know a Harrison Wells that likes to carry around a big gun. (laughs) This is also very true. That's right. The moment that we were introduced to Harrison Wells of Earth 2, what did we see him do, Bell? Uh shoot somebody with a big gun. And do you remember who that somebody was? What did King Shark? <laughs> Yes, King Shark. <laughs> yes, indeed. It was King Shark. But yeah, no, this was, he was, dude, he was like blowing dudes away and not taking names. <laughs> like, yeah, why even bother taking names when you can
1: just shoot people, right?
0: I created a metahuman. I had created a watch to tell me when metahumans are out so I could blow them away. Like, that is totally Harrison Wells of Earth 2, better known to the characters in many as Harry. So yes. I'm just saying. We get a return at the end of this episode, or at least a nod to the fact that Harrison Wells is in dire peril. Do you think that Harrison Wells of Earth 2 is going to be rejoining the team? I mean, I don't you know, I don't know. It's one of those things, right? Because we, we,
1: we know from the end of this episode that we are going to go see harry again
0: well we don't even know if we're going to see him we might see the remains of him i mean you know well right
1: right but i mean you know they're 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 in danger there's a potential for them to save him uh and you know harry's one of those guys where he's not just going to sit there and be like oh thanks for saving me i'm going to go back and like you know ignore the fact that you saved my life he's going to be one of those people who's going to like you know pay them back right and be like you know you saved me i'm going to help out and save you or 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 help in some way, right? Right.
0: Okay. So it's it's like you think we're going to get him for a couple of episodes and then maybe we might theoretically get him at the end of the the season. Maybe. Maybe it, it seems like something
1: that, you know, why else would we have a, a two episode, a two-part episode dealing with the rescue and saving of of of, of Harrison Wells?
0: I mean, I, to some extent I hear you, but at the same time, I mean, think about it from this standpoint, what's the driving factor here. And that's Grodd. We got a big, the the writers wrote a huge check at the, uh, in season two, when we sent Grodd to earth two into, in fact, an entire gorilla city, um, you know, this idea of Grodd now getting the opportunity to perhaps, you know, establish himself as a ruler, maybe dictator of gorilla city, and then weaponize this kind of army to invade earth one, um, that's something that I think from the very moment that we saw him left on Earth too. That's something we wanted to see, so there is kind of this additional catalyst for what needs to make that happen. And think about what on our Earth, Grodd was, or rather, Harrison Wells, what he perceived Harrison Wells to be, and that was his father. You know, you'll remember that Eobard under the guise of Harrison Wells quote unquote saved Grodd, but at the same time he was somewhat of a I don't want to say abusive, but maybe um oh uh, what's the right word? Uh, father never asked. He told. Remember, like Grod was very much like a very know,
1: strict, strict father.
0: Yeah. I mean there was uh like this very much um authoritarian figure. I guess it's probably more than a paternal figure.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't very nurturing. He was more Maturing.
0: And the last interaction that Grodd had with him, uh, from his perspective, was actually with Harrison Wells of Earth 2, pretending to be Eobard. Yeah. In an interesting twist. So, from that standpoint, it's very possible that Grodd has both these complex daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know with with eobard as a father as well as the betrayal issues of still thinking that that same harrison wells was the one that betrayed him with that actually being the harrison wells that did betray him
1: so can, can, can i just like point out how terrifying it is to have like an 800 pound telepathic gorilla with daddy issues
0: uh yeah, yeah with that issue, <laughs> and by the way an army of 800 pound <laughs> intelligent <gorillas>. <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah. So Harrison Wells of earth Two, uh, I, it, it makes sense that he would be the, the catalyst that kind of kicks off Jesse coming and pulling everybody back to earth 2 I'm really excited that they get to go back. I love that. We got a tease of that, you know, um, last, uh, last issue or last issue, last episode with, uh, kid F- or with Cisco fighting gypsy and, and just, you know, popping around and seeing earth Two for a brief moment. Uh, so the fact that either they're going back or like I said, perhaps, we will have an alternate dimension of gorillas invading Earth-1, which either way sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm sold. You know, one way or the other, I'm sold. So at the end of it, when it's all said and done, though, I mean, this is a, this is a big arc. It's Grodd. Um, it's going to be expensive, I'm sure, from, a, uh, from yeah. a special effects standpoint. But when it's all said and done, Bell, do you think that we will be left with only one Harris? Like, all right, so HR and, and Harry are going to meet each other. The two, the exact same person, but exactly complete polar opposites of each other. Um, One very energetic and happy all the time, uh, but not necessarily with the scientific mind. The other one, the scientific uh, genius, but is also kind of a jerk. Uh, I love, I love that we get to see these two interact. I'm really looking forward to that. But when it's all said and done, do you think that one of them is going to die? No, I don't think so. I'm a little nervous, man. I'm a little nervous that uh, Harrison Wells of Earth 2 might die. Now I don't want him to. I want him to be up on the roof saving the day at the end of you know, at the end of the season. But I'm a little concerned here. I mean, well, what what benefit story
1: wise does that have for him dying? Because it, it's not like it's not like Tom Cavanaugh's leaving the show. He still has a character to play. Jesse so Quick coming to our Earth. Just just making like now Jesse Quick has nothing left on Earth too. So she's yeah. just going to come and be part of the Flash family.
0: huh. Yeah. Hmm. i know i don't want it to happen i mean like you know i I, don't get me wrong i actually would love for jesse quick to be a regular i don't want it to be because harry dies well i mean it could be just
1: you know harry gets kidnapped by gorillas and he's like you know what i don't like the fact that there are gorillas on my earth that want to kidnap me i'm gonna go to earth one that'd be good and then maybe we have maybe we have harry for season four because or because you know hr goes i don't know
0: I'm still very attached to Harrison Wells of Earth Two, and I love, and I, I do love. Uh, you know, we we put out a um, uh, a daily discussion on the Facebook page uh, talking about, you know, HR. Does he have a future on this team now that he is essentially exiled from his Earth? Are we going to spend the rest of the series with HR? I just don't think so. And I do like him, but he seems more like a consultant than like an ongoing team member. Yeah, yeah, I kind of get that picture. At the end well. of the day, you know, Harrison Wells of Earth Two. Dude, he was BA, man. He was carrying that freaking, you know, super gun thing. He was, you know, opening up portals to other universes. He's brilliant, you know, way more brilliant than anybody else on Earth, on Earth One. Like, you know, he he's awesome. And so, he was there to kick butt and chew bubble gum and he's all out of gum. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I just, I don't know, man. I just, I'll put it this way. If the prophecy is not talking about Joe, and if, say, it's talking about HR, maybe this is the episode where HR kicks it. I don't think that's the case. I think that we will probably, you know, end up seeing HR and Earth-19 playing more into the future of, of this season. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe he might, if, if I'll put it this way, if one of the two has to kick it, I kind of want it to be HR and not Harrison Wellsworth, too, slash Harry
1: yeah yeah and but here's the thing though like i have in the back of my mind that that uh that maybe if hr is going to go it's going to be in this context of him finally doing something of value for the team and like you know trying to that's shoot a saying. avatar that's what i'm saying like like if he's but, but like it's not going to happen in gorilla city episode it's going to happen at the
0: it is. he takes the like he like grod's going to kill harrison wells and so HR is like, this is, this is it. I'm going to go be, be the hero. And he then, he, he then replaces his doppelganger who can add more value to the team. And it's a great conclusion to that. Wow. But you know, the more I'm saying this, the more I realize that we really don't know enough about HR. Exactly. There's still a bit of mystery there that, that, that would not, yeah, it's not as tough. There is. Cause he's still kind of like, there's still some shadiness about him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause it, at
1: least uh, Harry was, you know, yeah. Uh, I have getting my daughter back is all I care about. And so, yeah, I did some shady stuff and yeah, you can hate me, but you know what? I did that because that's who I am and I'm trying to get my daughter back. So like, sorry, but like Harrison's still kind of like, Oh yeah, there's all this stuff that I'd never tell you about unless it comes up because I'm kind of weird and creepy and there's some things about me that I'm not (laughs) quite sure about.
0: (laughs) All right. Fair enough. So my hope is at the end of it, maybe then that neither of them die, but Getting back to the original speedster speculation, we'll cap it off with this. On the roof, HR or Harry, go. So I, I'm going to go
1: ahead and say HR because I, I, I want, if there is, something that's, that's, this, the, the, there is something that's nebulous and weird about HR, and if it's something bad, uh, I, I feel like what's going to happen is that HR is going to uh, stop being this uh, a consultant kind of guy, and he's going to be a man of action, and he's going to try his best to help the situation.
0: All right, I'm going to go with it being Harry aka Harrison Wells of Earth 2. I, I I just really hope that that's the case. It seems more like him. And also I would just I would love to see him come back in a big way. And I think that yeah. Him, him I I, him I, I agree. Him. Oh, go ahead. I just think it'd be cool with if, if it was him.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be cool if it was him, but I think that's it. It would just be cool. I think there's 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 narrative potential for HR uh to to be the shooter in the guy on the roof.
0: At some point, we're going to get an Earth nineteen episode, yeah, and we may lose HR at that point. Maybe that's my thought. We'll, well, like that would like that would be the oh, this explains everything that's going on with HR, and oh, now he's either dead or going to go and do something that we don't understand yet. Regardless, I think that we we that HR is going to check out one way or the other before these the season finale, and perhaps Harrison Wells of Earth two will come in and be awesome i don't know yeah <laughs> we'll put it up to you and see what you guys think um by the way a little bit of a follow-up from last week's speedster speculation we actually posted out on twitter we did a poll to uh to take your thoughts on who was or who is the the flash of earth 19 the flash that you know that uh hr says that he worked with on his earth all right and so the results are in man uh the question who is the flash of earth 19 11 percent it was tied for third place with 11% saying HR is the, the flash of earth 19. The other, the, uh, the other 11% was other. And we had a bunch of different, um, comments and thoughts there that kind of a uh, various range. 20% in second place said Barry Allen of earth 19 is the flash of earth 19. 58% over half with the number one vote. Eddie Thawne,
1: Eddie the flash of Thawne. earth 19.
0: I, I guess my argument was convincing last, uh, last episode. I'm going to lean on that. I'm going to lean Maybe. on that, by the way. We'll eh, see We'll see cool what happens. Do. We'll see what happens.
1: This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am
0: Grodd. All right. <laughs> Listen to feedback this week, man. We got some great listener feedback in. Uh, the first one comes in from star Ray Ren, who says one of the best flash podcasts, love the humor and insight in the podcast. I particularly love the speedster speculation section of the show and how the guys don't take themselves too seriously while still (laughs) providing thoughtful theories on the show. Uh, I would like for bow and bell to start a podcast that reviews both classic and current flash and flash related comics and movies. Um, man, that's, uh, first of all, high praise. Thank you so much. Uh, Star, we really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, uh, that's an interesting idea. I tell you what, we'll, we'll pitch that idea to the, uh, the brain trust over at patreon.com slash TV talk. And, uh, and you know what, we may add that as a potential reward for, um, uh, for a, uh, for a future episode, maybe a special episode. We could take various, uh, comic book stories or something like that. We'll tie that into the rewards and yeah, If you guys want to see it, uh, help make this show happen at patreon.com slash TV talk bell. Typically every episode I will pull when, when we, when we pull from our iTunes reviews, we go in chronological order, but we actually got one in this week that it was so, it was so timely as to what happened last week. I feel like we had to kind of bump it up, (laughs) uh, and mention it this week. So why don't you go ahead and read what Jay Garrick from earth 26 wrote?
1: All right. Well, the, the title here is case of the missing turtle (laughs) so i can already tell you it's gonna be amazing all right and and they write gents last episode was hilarious i was in tears over what you guys were saying about barry's turtle (laughs) by the way guys i just saw a turtle literally vanish into thin air thoughts Uh (laughs) anyway enjoy the show keep doing what you're doing Uh, and you have gained a fan from earth 26 cheers well, Jay from Earth-26, we greatly appreciate it. And you know what? Uh, uh, what you need to do is, is maybe grab another turtle just in case. Uh, and if you can you know, set up one of those crystal boxes <laughs> that, uh, that speedsters can't go through, put it in there. Maybe you, you can
0: poke some capture. Holes. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, you're, you're going to end, end up in a, like a very green. similar session. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Because if that one doesn't die, if it suffocates, we have got a solution for you, my friends. (laughs) Oh, man. Great, great, great feedback. Um, I do wonder. uh, Let us know, Jay, uh, of Earth 26. Uh, Who's hosting Flash TV Talk over there? We're just always... Yeah. Guys, in a live chat, let's open it up to you. What did you think of tonight's episode? Yeah, David
1: said the episode was great. It certainly told us that Joe will (laughs) die. Yeah, you know, David, I... (laughs) I, the the more I, the more I think about it, the more I look at it, and okay, it was just so blatant, just on Joe's face. It's like, "Yep." Cam right, L says,
0: "Wow, right. amazing!" and Karen says, "I liked it since I got to see more interactions between Barry and Wally." Yeah, Barry and Wally were definitely the heart of this episode, and you know, I oh that race. we almost that I, mean, I feel like we kind of glazed over it, but there, that one particular moment in the race where. You know Barry phases and Wally like steps up to run up the building. That was the flashiest flash oh, moment in the entire cool. series. <laughs> Backflash
1: writes, great episode. Barry is learning uh, learning to inspire others around him. That's very true because Wally
0: was definitely getting some inspiration there. And then of course, Will Benson said the episode was great. The villain was old school DC and was actually originally accused of killing Iris West. Wow! So that's that's a deep pull right there interesting man great great uh, great feedback thanks so much from the live chat for uh, for sending that in hey we would love to get your feedback on the show as well head over to itunes write us a review it's a great way to help out the show without spending a dime but if you do uh want to help the show more in a dime spending kind of way Head over to patreon.com slash TV talk. You'll find a direct link there at flash TV talk. That'll take you direct there as well. Or if you're listening on the satchel podcast player, there's a button right now in your player that says, be a patron, click that button, be a patron, be a hero of this show for just a dollar get access to a lot of great content and help us unlock even more great content for you. Learn more about that at patreon.com slash TV talk. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us at flash TV talk on Twitter. And
1: if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at
0: That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV
1: talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out more of his stuff at
0: SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. No flash next week. we got a little bit of a mini hiatus, but don't worry. We'll be back in a flash.